0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your wonderful co-host Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host Cam, and if you've been listening to our recent movie review episodes, this intro probably sounds a little bit different than what you're used to. Well, that is because for the first time in a long time, We are recording old school, no stream, and so we recorded in two separate sessions, and so it's got a little bit of a different vibe, a little bit of a different vibe this week. But it's good, change it up every once in a while, you know.
1: We did, we did. Hopefully, that doesn't throw anyone off too much. I know. I don't
0: want to ruin your Friday if you're if you're a Friday listener. That that would be bad. You know, you're just trying to get through the week, and all of a sudden we threw the whole vibe off. That would be bad news.
1: That's right. Happy Friday.
0: Happy Friday. Yes. And if you're not listening to this on a Friday, happy, whatever day it is, but mostly happy Friday. Friday to
1: you still, to yes. you still, because the, you can't go wrong with happy Friday. No you can what always, day you is. can
0: always use a little bit of Friday in your day. You know, even if it's not Friday, you could always use a little spice of Friday. Whoops. Exactly. Just, <laughs> just add, added a little picture to the video here. So for those of you uh, who are watching this on YouTube, you'll get a nice little treat there. That's, that was fun. Um, it's one of those days. It's one of those days. But, like I said, we're reviewing a movie. That's all we're doing today. We're doing a movie. Well, actually, Kirk, I do have a game for you. I do have You do a surprise game. You have no idea what it is. And, yes. Uh,
1: Should I guess what it is? Is Vin Diesel joining us?
0: No, I couldn't Tyra get him. Tyrus Gibson? Nope. Ludicrous. Well, then... It's ludicrous. sorry. Oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get the other guys, but ludicrous. you know... He, he, he cleared his schedule for me, and I, I really appreciate it. We go way back, but... Thank goodness. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. He might not be able to make it. So, we'll... I have a backup game, if that's the case. Hold and uh, <laughs> I, love how,
1: I love how your mind switched from goofiness to, I better, I mean, I really don't want to know anything that he's actually coming here.
0: It's yeah. Like, I, well, maybe, maybe, I'm like, maybe, maybe,
1: <laughs> maybe, let's see. Let's... Someone is in their car or mowing their lawn. And you know and what, Kirk, I actually,
0: just... I just got a text from Luda and he said he's not going to be able to make it. So <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing, you, actually.
1: You really didn't want that one listener who really believed us, <laughs> who is going to be devastated Wow, Luda!
0: <laughs> no, not ludicrous. He's he's uh, still up in space. We're talking. We're gonna yes. be talking F nine, the fast saga, and we've got a yes. game before that that I have prepared. Um, and the game is called the Cast of the Furious, <laughs> and it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. But yeah, we're talking F nine. Oh, if you man. listen to the episode from from a couple of days ago, then you know that. I have just completed a marathon Fast and the Furious session of watching all of all 9 of the core movies minus Hobbs and Shaw because again I had already seen it recently watched all 9 of them in one week I did it
1: I'm proud of you I would have uh, I would have got to the date that we started recording this podcast and said, well, I got that far. Oh, that's it. That's all I need to do. But you you went for it. You went I, for it. I powered through. I powered
0: through and I made it. And now I feel like I understand the whole story or, or whatever there is to understand. I feel like in a way, each movie sort of retcons something that happened in the previous movie. So it's like <laughs> there's continuity, but there's not, you know, there's, there's really no rules in this world. There's no rules hmm. in the fast world. So you just kind of got to strap in. So that means
1: maybe, uh, F10 will be something like time travel, uh, so that way they can, I would like that, uh, resolve the timeline. Yes.
0: Well, once you've gone to space, where else is there to go? You know, and, uh, that's the next step. And that's not a spoiler, even though we are going to be doing spoilers, um, but, uh, Sorry, that's the sound of Kirk's microphone stand moving
1: there. That's right. You see, when I start... I See, I need to buy my, my new microphone stand because when I start recording our episodes right now, it starts about here, and then it goes... It, drifts, it just drifts down on you. Yeah, it just floats away. That's all right. So, that's all right.
0: Um, but yeah, so that's not a spoiler that they went to space in this movie. They were showing that in the trailers. So that's right. um, if you're trying to avoid spoilers, make sure you bail out before our review. But... Without further ado, why don't we start with our game, Kirk? Let's do it. Let's do it. It's called The Cast of the Furious. And the way that this game works, and I'll throw a little, throw a little music in here in post-production. That'll be fading up right now like magic. Um, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, uh. Just pretend that it's there because uh, it is. Uh. And The way that this game works, it's simple. It's a really simple game, Kirk. I'm going to give you the name of a person okay. um, and you're going to have to tell me if they have appeared somewhere in the Fast and the Furious franchise or not. Just simple yes or no. <laughs> have they been in the cast of the Furious? And that's where the
1: Oh, that is tricky because it is. <laughs> there are a lot of people in these, and Hobbs
0: and Shaw is included. We've got ten movies that we're pulling from, and these cast these cast lists. I promise you, they are all over the place. I mean, all over the place. So, it's not. I don't think this is by any means going to be an easy game. But we'll see how you fare. Are you ready? Do I have Kirk? to
1: name what the, what movie they were in? No, Just, no, no, yes no, no. no, no, yes or no? No, yes no?
0: I don't even remember. I, I mean, I don't even know. I, okay. I, I know that they have appeared. I just don't know. I don't can't tell you exactly when on most of them, to be honest. This and I just watched shocking. all of them, so it's it's. That's what I'm saying. This is a long franchise. You're going to be
1: surprised by some of these answers. I'll be like,
0: really? <laughs> Harrison Ford? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, let's get started. You ready, Kirk? Yes. We'll start with an easy one. Bow wow. Yes. Correct. Eva Mendez. Uh, yes. Correct. Correct.
1: I was worried about that one.
0: Luke Evans. Luke no. Evans.
1: He is. He has uh, been. He has been. Uh, <laughs> Luke Evans. What what in the world?
0: He was the he was the other Shaw. Oh,
1: he would. The the other Shaw.
0: Yeah. So. Um, not
1: Shaw's brother. Yes. <laughs>
0: oh goodness. <laughs> That's good. Up, next up, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Uh, yes. Yeah, Confident she actually that one. she made an appearance in F9. Actually. Okay.
1: That's confusing. Is she, has she not been in the previous ones? No, she has
0: been. She has been. She played okay. Giselle, who I believe first appeared in Fast and, the Furious, Fast and Furious, which is the fourth one.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who's, does she, is she Vin Diesel's love interest at some point no. when Michelle Rodriguez is believed to be dead? Or? <sighs>
0: well, she like tries to mack on Vin Diesel and he's like, okay. nah man, that ain't me. I <laughs> got I got Letty. I got Letty, who he thinks is dead at the time, right? Yeah. So that's that's what shows you that his his love for her surpasses all others. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. Next up, T Pain. T Pain.
1: Oh, that's tricky. Oh man, you you know that you know these movies were made uh, throughout the heights and the fall of T-Pain's career, I'm going to go with yes. I bet he snuck in there.
0: Correct. Correct. (laughs) So far, they've all been yeses. So far. Every single one. Oh, my
1: goodness. (laughs) Ja Rule. Ooh. I'm going to go with no, because there's no way Luda and Ja Rule would be in the same series.
0: You're wrong. He wasn't. (sighs) Everyone was in Literally there.
1: everyone has <laughs> been in this series. <laughs> All right,
0: next one up. Did you mind Hansu? Did you mind Hansu? Uh, I'm gonna go with a yes, just because of the trend. Correct. <laughs> oh, All right, next up. Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie.
1: Hmm. Doctor House
0: going to say no. Correct. Whoa. I really Whoa. thought you would... Just pick up on the trend and just continue to say yes forever, <laughs> uh, because you'd be like, "Well, at this point, I mean, what what else could it be?" No, he's not in there.
1: I mean, when we saw Hobbs and Shaw, you and I had not, you know, I still haven't seen it, but especially then, when Helen Mirren showed up, I was like, "What?" You are like, huh? "What is Helen Mirren in this series?" <laughs> so, yeah. she was it, also in this one. She was. It wasn't out of the question <laughs> for 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 Doctor House for uh, Lori to be in there.
0: All right, I've got more you want more? <laughs> oh, give it all. Give okay. it all. Okay. All right. Here's the, here's the others <laughs> Gerard Butler.
1: <laughs> no chance. No chance. Correct. Mm, too big making those uh, White House Down movies <laughs> over there.
0: <laughs> Michael Pena.
1: No. Correct.
0: You're doing well. You're doing well. Jennifer Lopez.
1: If she appeared, she appeared as an extra. I'm going to say yes.
0: No. Ah. No J-Lo. <laughs> and last one, Stephen Yoon. Oh. Interesting.
1: No? Correct. Oh, <laughs> Correct.
0: <laughs> All right. Well done, Kirk. You did pretty well there on the cast of The Furious, especially since I did like all the yeses and then all the noes just to be 30 weak.
1: yeses. <laughs> A couple of noes. Oh, man. The way Wonderful. I saw this
0: playing out was I was going to lure you into just saying yes to every single one. And then as soon as you caught onto that train and were just blindly saying yes, I was going to throw you one no and then go back to yeses. That was my original plan, but it didn't work out that way. And that's okay because I was prepared. I was prepared for any, any way.
1: Oh man, beautiful! It was but well wonderful.
0: done. Well done, the cast of the Furious, and I think the lesson there is that most people have been in this series at, at one point or another, especially if they are in the hip hop world. Cardi B was in this one. Uh, yes, like I said, T Pain, Ludacris, Bow Wow. There's been a bunch. There's been a bunch uh, of rappers and hip hop artists.
1: Yes, hip hop. Uh, Rita Ora was in one of them. Yes hip-hop is to Fast and the Furious franchise as British people are to the Harry Potter franchise. Yes. Like every, every British person ever <laughs> famous uh, or not. They're like, we're running out of Brits. We need Potter, all so. the
0: Brits. That's how the crown is becoming. The crown is becoming that way where yeah. they're just like, all right, who's the next most famous British person? Let's go. <laughs> you. <laughs> yes. Seriously. All right. That's the cast of The Furious one last time. That was a fun one. Fun, fun oh, times. Man. Thanks for humoring me, Kirk. But now... Yeah, Let's bounce into our F9. I keep wanting to call it Fast Nine. The movie is called F9: The Fast Saga. All right, and this is our review. Do you have any idea who's supposed to be synopsing this week?
1: I think it's me, and we're that we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna let some people down on this one because to decipher what actually <laughs> is the goal of this movie, is <laughs> difficult. Yes. Go um, for it though. Try. So we we see our heroes, uh, Dom and Letty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've escaped the fast life, uh, both the fast and the furious life. They're <laughs> living on this remote farm. And no matter what they do... Uh, they always get. No matter how hard they try, they pull me back in. <laughs> uh, that's what we see with with these heroes, um, because their skills are too great. Why enlist the special agents or Air Force or Navy or Federal Marshals or anyone in the FBI? Uh, we have a crew of ragtag um, roadsters that can definitely save the world from high tech. Um, uh, gear and uh, villainry and all that stuff. So as they begin this journey to help save the world, once again, Dom discovers that his brother is on the other side of that coin. Dun, trying to ca- dun, dun. Yes, that's right. Trying to capture the very thing that will either destroy or improve the world. Correct. F9. <laughs>
0: Correct. And the thing is called Project Ares. Yes. And Ares
1: meaning the God of War.
0: Here, help me out here. And, and maybe this is, maybe you're the wrong person to ask on this. I don't know for sure. But I have been trying to figure out why the device, the Project Ares device was created in the first place. Do you remember at all?
1: Oh no clue. I have no idea what it actually does. Uh it's a pretty cool looking device. It's I'll say that. It it's it's spherical, but with like hard edges. So it's it's both spherical and hexagonal at the same time. Yeah. And it's black and it's got like this It's like light. the ultimate
0: Dungeons and Dragons die. Like, yeah it has it's... a thousand sides on it.
1: Split down the middle, so it, it almost it looks like an egg when you open it up, but it's, like, dark. It's it's a pretty cool device, all, all, all said and done. Basically, you, um, like, uplink it into a satellite. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it was going to take down all electronics, all... Well, basically,
0: it gives them control over all of the satellites in
1: all the satellites, world, basically. All, all cell phones. All Basically, it would kill technology and... Uh, and allow only a certain number of people to have power to those things. Right. They would be like
0: them. the, like, like, Dom's brother would be like the gatekeeper for all things that run off of satellites, which would include cell phones and like everything.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so imagine the apocalypse where everything was dead, except if you're on the right team. And so you're, you're right and blind, uh, back into the stone age right. where everyone else on the high was, well, there's a high tech team and a no tech team that just flat out. And so, uh, John Cena would be on the high tech team. See, and this is why it's bothering me <laughs> that I can't remember
0: why the device was created in the first place because that was my main question. Is like the person's parents who created it, they like do a little bit of backstory, but I still mm-hmm. don't remember them saying like, and this is why that device existed because it seems like there's no good reason for such a thing to mm-hmm. exist. Um,
1: <laughs> so no, not a single if, <laughs>
0: if anybody knows, I don't want to be ignorant to it. I really am trying to remember and I've even Googled it. I just legit don't know why it was ever created. To be honest, I really don't. But anyway, that's beside the point.
1: Why was the evil device (laughs) created? That's going to
0: get you nothing. Literally
1: nothing. I don't know.
0: It won't get you anything. But while you're looking that up, let's jump into our superlatives. Kirk, since you synopsed, you also are kicking us off on uh, the best. I always say best actor, but the superlative is called In the Oscar Goes To. So who you got?
1: I must go this one was difficult this one was difficult but uh, I had to go with the most consistent performance throughout this entire film yes (laughs) could you call it a film. It is one, I guess. I'm going to go with Mr. Tyrese Gibson, who plays Roman. Um, One would say that maybe he is the scene stealer for his uh, comedic quips throughout that sometimes land and are sometimes terrible. But I will say that Tyrese Gibson doubles down on his role as Roman, who I do not recall in his original appearance in Tokyo Drift ever being the comedic relief. Now, you, would be the expert on this. Was he always the the jokester?
0: So his original appearance was actually too fast, too furious. Ah, my apologies. And in yes. that, he was more hardcore. He was like Yeah. He had fresh out of prison, like didn't play games with anybody, didn't take crap from anybody. But then over time, they sort of morphed him into the comedic relief, him and Ludacris becoming the comedy duo.
1: Yeah. I guess I mean their their chemistry is unmatched, but but I gotta say, it's a little weird that I think they should play the comedy quips less on him, but the fact that that is all he does in this movie, uh, I thought he did a good job at it. He was working with some of the dumbest writing I've ever heard in my life. And he continued to, uh, to just go for it, to commit to it. And, and, Really, just he outshined all the rest of the team every time he was on the screen, uh, which would technically be the definition of a uh, of a, a scene stealer. But I gotta go with because of his consistency, his performance was on point, Mister Tyrese Gibson.
0: Yeah, good choice, good choice for sure. Um, for my Oscar, I am giving it to Miss Natalie Emmanuel who plays I'm forgetting her character's name Ramsey who is basically the like the trope of like the British smart person <laughs> you know like on the team who who like knows the scientific y stuff um, but she is a great actor she again Kirk I'm kind of going in the same range as you with consistency being the reason that I chose it. She has to, because of the nature of her role, so in these movies where there's these absurd things happen happening, there is often this role of, like, the smart person who has to try to make sense of everything, and so as a result, they end up delivering a lot of the major plot points in the movie, and I would say that if that person does a bad job or even gives a shred of... um. I don't know like dishonesty or 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 ungenuineness, I don't know what the right word is there. Then it throws it all out the window because you're like, "Okay, this is preposterous." And don't get me wrong. This movie is completely preposterous as <laughs> as are all Fast and the Furious movies. Let's be real. But Miss Natalie Emmanuel does an incredible job at delivering these lines. Um, does a good job of of playing a consistent role, you know. It is is bought in. She's bought in all the way and I think some of these people you know, especially like the Vin Diesels of the world. I get frustrated with him because if you go back to the first Fast and the Furious movie, he's the best actor in that movie. And it's not particularly close, actually. Mm -hmm. I think Vin Diesel is like anchors a lot of those first films, but then over time has sort of just turned into where he thinks he can just show up and read lines and it doesn't work. Um, But that's why Natalie Emanuel did such a great job. I thought she was excellent and i thought she brought a lot of flavor to the movie she if you don't recognize that name she's newer on the scene but she starred in game of thrones as missandy um so if you are game of thrones fans which like 90 percent of the population is um i think that give or take then yeah. you would recognize her from that but i thought she did a great job in this movie all
1: right let's move on to scene stealer kirk who are you going with this one, I got to give it up to Mr. John Cena for the scene stealer. Yes, sir. The Cena stealer, if you will. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but yes, he, he's fantastic. Uh, I've seen glimpses of John Cena in movies before this. I can't say that I've watched a full John Cena film. Uh, maybe I have. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. But I have to say that this was the first time I've... I've uh, paid any attention to him, uh, as more than just the, uh, the wrestler turned, uh, actor, much like, you know, Dwayne, the rock Johnson's path. I think he did a good job. I think that he was really trying here instead of just like the brooding, um, to compare Mr. Chris Pratt, uh, world, world, uh, worldwide superstar, um, in his upcoming trailer for the tomorrow war He's just brooding in every single scene every time you see him he's it doesn't look like he's acting he's just got this these puffy lips and like concerned look like
0: save next. your takes on that one because I think we're reviewing it next week
1: <laughs> oh good okay okay I'm a little worried about it I'm a little worried um so and for those of you listening only and not watching you can just imagine that I looked like Chris Pratt uh, perfectly exactly like him in that gap of silence. Uh, but yeah, that, you know, John Cena, he really went for it on this role. And even though there were some ridiculous moments, he didn't choose to write those ridiculous moments. He just, again, uh, he committed to it and he played the role. Uh, he didn't try to force anything. So John Cena, well done, man.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback right off right off of that because I'm also going with John Cena um, for for many of the same reasons. I think the first movie I ever saw him in was Trainwreck, um, which also had LeBron James in that movie. Actually, that's the Amy Schumer, Bill Hader movie, and uh, he was okay in that, but really just a you know he was he played like a bit part and and it was no big deal. In this movie, he played a pretty core part and. I think he's made for this franchise, man. And and I don't mean that as an insult. Like he, he really like is a perfect character for this franchise. And you could tell that he was really acting. There were scenes where he was opposite Charlize Theron, who is obviously probably one of the better actors among this whole group. And he was holding his own and doing a good job and um, understanding the film and understanding what's trying to be done here and, you know, not taking it too far, but also like making it, Dramatic in the way that Fast and the Furious is. So I thought he did a really good job. He's going to be in the Suicide Squad. uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. Mm -hmm. Which comes out August 6th. And he's getting an HBO series. Based on that character from the Suicide Squad. Called Peacemaker. So we're going to be seeing a lot of John Cena. We've seen a lot of wrestlers. Pro wrestlers turn acting. Um, That makes sense. There's some obvious synergies there. That are going on. But you know. I feel like the Dwayne "The Rock" Johnsons of the world, the Dave Bautistas, you know, they've been pretty successful and I tend to believe that John Cena is going to be pretty successful too, honestly. He's he's done a good he's done pretty well for himself so far and I think that there's a pretty good chance that um his Suicide Squad appearance and then forthcoming HBO show will really catapult him into the limelight as a as a legit actor. So uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on but he did he did a really fantastic job in this movie as Jacob Pareto
1: Cena Stealer,
0: <laughs> and a great job overcoming the fact that he um, is completely invisible to the eye and you can't see him um, that's good there's a little you can't see me <laughs> joke for you I had to throw that in yes. I didn't know exactly where to go with it but <laughs> you know what I mean Excellent. It probably wasn't the best one liner I could have come up with. I was workshopping a few, but you know, you 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 play play the cards you're dealt. You know what I'm saying? Who
1: is it? Is it Dimitri Martin who (laughs) when a joke doesn't land he crosses it off his little throws it in
0: the garbage? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. No, I think it was landed very well. Very well done. (laughs) Thanks, man. All right.
0: Moving on to showstopper. Kirk, what you got?
1: uh i gotta say this one is always easy for me with these movies and again i haven't seen all of them admittedly um it has to go back to when they're actually racing cars not in a ridiculous fashion but when they're just racing cars so we have a couple of moments uh when we see uh dom's uh dom and what's john cena's what's his bro what's his actual name Jacob, Dom and Jacob's dad uh, racing and him just totally um, Lightning McQueen in Cars 3 flip uh, (laughs) across the racetrack, like the racing in there that's happening, the love of automobiles and cars. Uh, There's a flashback later on that we see Dom and Jacob and their dad in the shop. It's the car that we see in Fast and Furious 1 that, of course, he's rebuilding, that Paul Walker walks up on him. And that's the car that gets built by the end of the movie that races the train. Like that's the heart of these movies, and I I don't know why they can't get back to that uh, versus all of the the super spy stuff. So I got to say that th- they never fail when they are doing straight up street racing. When, and there's a street racing scene in this. It's a it's a flashback to uh, to when Dom gets out of prison. Uh, D- Dom and Jacob race, and Dom says, "Listen, man, if I win, I never want to see you again." And that's just really what, what always gets me. And I'm not like a big car guy. Like, I don't know enough about them. I think cars are super cool. Um, but I'm not like, Oh yeah, look at that. And it's got all of this and it's got this engine. And I don't know that stuff. That's just not my, not my forte, but when those scenes happen, I feel like I know them because it's so high octane and high energy. Uh, so that's, that's what got, what got my attention this, uh, this time around.
0: Yeah, so you're saying like specifically like the racing of cars. The racing yeah, specifically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel you there for sure. Actually I thought those flashbacks were pretty cool. I, I thought the flashback to the to the to the the death of the Pareto father, you know, at the beginning, very cool. The street race between Dom and Jacob, I'm I'm totally behind you there. I think that's a good call for me. Mine is similar, but that's why, that's why I made the clarification, but mine's Mm -hmm. a little bit different. And mine is basically just what you come to a fast and the furious movie for, which is the blockbuster appeal of them. You know, I can remember when Hobbs and Shaw came out and we were kind of in a, not a rut, but we were in a situation where there were a ton of indie films coming on. And then we go see Hobbs and Shaw and immediately you get that high budget blockbuster feel. And it's like, Ah, you know, like that's that's kind of a nice feel. Everything looks great, everything is flashy, it's loud, it's intense. Um this film delivered on that front. They start with a scene um you know, in the jungle. They don't start with it, but uh, early half of the film they have this scene where they're in the jungle kind of like trying to recover this device and then they get chased by a bunch of like militia and it's completely preposterous in every single way and that's exactly <laughs> what what Justin Lin was trying to do. He was like let's start with the most preposterous scene that we can that way we set the stage. Like that is not lost on me. Like what he's trying to do. Director Justin Lynn is trying to do is smart. Given the, the subject matter of the franchise, he's trying to be like, yeah, it's going to get preposterous. So like, even in that scene, there's a time where Tyrese Gibson is by himself surrounded by like tons of people with machine guns and no one can shoot him. And he's shooting all of them. And I was just like, what is happening? But that's all by design, and I get that. And uh, those scenes are the ones that did the best. The the the, the heavy octane blockbuster. I want to see explosions. I want to see actual cars blowing up. You know, even the even the absurd Vin Diesel driving the car off the bridge, getting the bridge stake stuck in the like chassis of his car, and then swinging around. Completely absurd, but. That's what I was expecting. You know, in a way you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's about right. You know? Um, and Hobbs and Shaw was very much the same way. That's just kind of how these modern fast movies go for better or worse. And we'll talk about whether it's better or worse uh, now as we transition into director's shoes. Kirk, why don't let's, you kick us off?
1: Let's do It's for worse. It's definitely for worse, man. I mean, you, you start off with the first, the first movie and the second movie with a relatively grounded, uh, direction of, you know, we've got this undercover cop. He's trying to break up this team of, of, uh, of villains uh, <laughs> of thieves really. And they're, they hit up these semi trucks and they get this, they get this dough. They're employed by, by a higher power and they get paid big bucks. Um, but not big enough because let's be honest, they're, their housing situation at the beginning of the series is not good. They, right. They're getting, so eventually they, they climb, they definitely climb because they have some pretty sick and slick digs after that. But, you know, let's go, to, let's talk about that scene specifically where they're uh so they come, the team comes to Dom and Letty on their remote barn log cabin. They say, we got to do this, man, this machine, it's this little, what's it called? The, Project Ares. Project Ares. We gotta. It's gonna destroy the world. And the fact that these guys, with no training, are able to uh, discuss everything, particularly ludicrous, uh, are able to discuss in great military esque debriefing skill. Uh, and communicate it in, in such a way is just mind blowing. They get to this job site, they convince Dom to go. None of them, except for Tyrese, have actual tactical gear on and bulletproof vests. <laughs> True. I mean, Dom, Vin Diesel rolls up in his white tee, his signature white tee. And I'm like, he's going to get killed immediately and he should have been. Um, So it makes sense that Tyrese didn't die because he was the smartest of them all um, in, in the gear that he wore Um, the, the whole, the whole bridge thing. And then uh, flipping over a hundred times, landing on their feet straight up and then driving off after that. It's just, that stuff doesn't get me, man. I know there's a, there's a niche market for the people who are like, this is stupid. I love it. It's just too stupid for me. (laughs) And I just, I want to get back to grounded. Uh, And, you know, even in the original uh, formula for this, I don't think it was all that realistic, but it was, it had enough suspension of disbelief for me to come back for Too Fast, Too Furious. And even Tokyo Drift, uh, which, and then I guess after that is probably where it got nuts, uh, because I haven't seen past that. So I really just wish that that was... Toned down in the future. I don't know if they even have an option to do that. And they don't.
0: It's over. <laughs> that, that ship
1: sailed many films ago. <laughs> it's sad to me. It's so sad because uh, there are brief moments where you get the real character side of these of these uh, heroes slash villains slash um, world world savers. Uh, I just, I, I'm just, I'm distraught. I'm distraught, Cam. That's all I got to say.
0: I feel you, man. I feel you. Um, for my director's shoes, my big problem is the fact that they retcon the most important portion of Don Pareto's entire character backstory. In the very first film, he has this really great monologue where he's talking to Paul Walker's character, Brian, and he's kind of like showing him that he trusts him by telling him, you know, I was, in, I was in prison because I beat this guy up with a wrench and the reason that I did that is because he was the reason that my dad crashed his car and, uh, you know, died and, and, and because he was, you know, riding his tail and ran him into the wall and it was reckless and dangerous and that's why I did it. And you're like, oh, you're not a monster. You're just like family first. I got you. Um, well, then we come to find out that in this movie it was actually his brother who worked with his dad to throw the race and that's the reason that his car went up in flames because they rigged the car to basically lose steam so that they would lose the race and because of that whenever he crashed it it blew up or whatever and so then Dom (laughs) like goes to prison for beating up that guy with the wrench because he's like now's not the right time and Dom sort of figures it out and then tells his brother to leave, and we're supposed to be like, "Oh yeah, that's why he never told anybody." No, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think that they were they were they tried to be crafty with it, but it still just doesn't hold water. I, I just really don't think it does. I feel like Dom's whole essence is like, "I'll do anything for the familia," you know, like his crew, his group. There's no way they would not know about this, or that he wouldn't have said something about it over the course of the first eight films in this franchise <laughs> and that his brother is mysteriously missing for the first eight films but then is all of a sudden re- risen to a point of prominence that he's on the brink of taking over the entire world like no no sorry um close and you tried to be tricky justin <laughs> lynn and team you tried to be tricky but even in this franchise that doesn't work so that retcon i think was uh was tough. And that's what the entire thesis of the movie is built on. So that's a, that's a tough one to overcome for me.
1: Yeah. yeah. They just throw it at you. And while you're watching it, you're like, have we seen John Cena in these movies before? <laughs> uh, just like with Cardi B, Cardi B shows up, you're like, Oh, she must've been in a, a previous film. No, this was her first appearance. <laughs> I, I know. They might have talked about her character. That That's what they, that's what it says on the interwebs, but it doesn't, they just throw stuff at you and they're just like, we'll fix that later. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. It's, it's so bonkers. It is
0: confusing for sure. All right, and with that, let's uh, let's wrap
1: this movie up. Let's do uh, overall thoughts and scores. Kirk, lead the way. This is not my movie. This is not my movie. As early as today, I was talking to a customer at my work and he said, he said, oh man, I won't be available from this time to this time. I got to get out the door because we're going to a movie. I was like, what movie are you seeing, man? Uh, I didn't tell him I co-hosted a a podcast I should have (laughs) uh, for movie reviews, but he said, I'm going to see F9. I was like, ah, great. I saw it last week. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what we'll, time will tell. <laughs> so like people go into this either with great love, like, uh, like my mom, my mom just loves this stuff. Shout out Cindy. Uh, she loves just seeing stuff blow up and, and ridiculousness. She is that market. Uh, and then you have people like the guy I spoke to and he was just like, eh, well, maybe, maybe it'll be fun enough. And then there's me. And I just want to return to the formula that was working before they just kept raising the stakes and raising the stakes and raising the stakes until they finally literally went to space in the most ridiculous 15 minutes of film I've ever seen in my life. It's hard to rate this. It really is. Um, it Because all that said, it, this movie has money because they know people will go see it. The camera work. It was wonderful. Um shout out again honorable mention for scene stealers of young Dom and young Jacob. I thought they did great. I hope to see something uh, that they've done already or what they'll do in the future. My score today is going to be a, <laughs> a 3.7 out of 10.
0: Got you. Yep. Yep. I uh yeah, young Dom and young Jacob. Now that you bring that up, um, young Jacob was in something, and I never got around to looking up what it was. But his his face is so like recognizable. I cannot remember what he was in, so I'm gonna pull it up real quick. But yeah, so Kirk's going All with the three right. young three, seven. There is that you, right? Three. Seven. You saw him in
1: Peaky Blinders in twenty Peaky episodes. Blinders. That's what mm-hmm. it is.
0: That's what it is. Yeah, he's he's part of the Shelby crew. That's right. Thank you, Kirk. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, all right, so Kirk's going with a three point seven. Let me give you my thoughts. Listen, I, I don't want it to sound like like I'm just here bashing, you know, this movie because it's preposterous. People will be like. It's supposed to be preposterous. I am fully aware of that. In fact, I think Justin Lin and team do a really great job of making these movies fit into the rules of this franchise, and the way that they do that is by throwing out all the rules so there's no rules. Anything can happen. Anything crazy can happen. They even have a conversation where Tyrese Gibson is trying to convince Ludacris and, and Ramsey <laughs> yes. that they are invincible. And that is sort of a, that's them poking fun at themselves being like, see, we know how stupid and crazy this is like that. None of that is lost on me. I get it. Like, but that being said, self-awareness cannot save you. And, and it doesn't mean that even though the stuff that you're doing is excusable within the confines of, Your film it doesn't mean that it makes for a good entertaining product and so for me like I'm fully aware of that people come to see it for all the craziness and all the preposterousness and and I think I honestly feel like F9 they made the movie they were trying to make I'm like I don't think this is one of those movies where it's bad because they Made a bunch of mistakes or didn't get the right edit like this is the movie they wanted to make and I think they made it to a T and it was perfect and big budget for what they were trying to accomplish all of that said it just isn't for me, and uh, and, and that's okay, <laughs> and, and like, like Kirk said, if you're one of those people who's just, like, really into this and loves it and can just go and be like, yes, big explosions, loud noises, and love it, all the power to you. I mean, this is, that's great. That's great, um, but for me, and especially with, like, the retconning and stuff, it's just hard whenever, like here I am somebody who's watched every single movie and I can't even get a grasp on the continuity and stuff. And so whenever that happens, like it makes it not fun because then I, I don't know what's going to happen in the next movie because literally anything can happen. They can throw Mm -hmm. everything out the window and we know that there's two more movies coming. So for me that all that stuff weighs it down. And um, I went with a 4.0, which is pretty close to what Kirk did because again, I can't just absolutely tank it even though I would I wouldn't watch this movie again probably because I think they made the movie that they wanted to make and they accomplished what they were trying to accomplish. I just disagree with the approach altogether personally.
1: Yeah, excellent. Excellent. I think that there are movies out there that definitely they live in the pocket of what it should be. They live in the pocket of its insanity. But the difference is the story did not start that way. Um, if you look back or listen to our episode on nobody with, uh, uh, with Bob Odenkirk, it's that movie is ridiculous in, in its world. However, it warrants a better score than a 3.7 or a 4.0 because of the way, the direction of the story. Um, when you start a franchise, Again, grounded in reality, or as much reality as you can. You can't then all of a sudden do what this franchise has done and expect the same ratings. And again, it doesn't make it less entertaining because even I was entertained. I was annoyed, but I was laughing. I was laughing at the the crazy stunts. I wasn't just like rolling my eyes and walking out of the theater. Then it would have got a less a lesser score. So.
0: Yeah, and I think there are plenty of film franchises or, or standalone films where self-awareness is everything. And if you if you mm-hmm. play it right, it can take a movie from being a tank to like totally incredibly amazing, you know, like Cabin in the Woods is a perfect yeah. example of they they took that self-awareness model and they were like, "Boom, now this is a you know, a 9.0 type of movie." That's they got it. And I think that where it becomes hard is when there's just no rules whatsoever, because Mm -hmm. then it's like, there is no level of difficulty. It's not like, Ooh, very clever. It's like, Oh, you created a world where there's no rules. And so you can just do whatever you want. And that to me is like, not super entertaining because if in the 10th movie, Dom Pareto had superpowers, no one would be surprised by this. And we couldn't even, we couldn't be like, no wait, that doesn't make sense. Because again, there are no rules. If he could suddenly fly again, we it's, they could create it because this world has no rules, and that's what frustrates me about it because I'm like, come on, there has to be there has to be something. This has to make sense in some way. I get that it's preposterous and, and you guys are going for that. but like give us some sort of world and rules and guidelines that this thing exists within. Otherwise, what is it? Like what seriously what is it? Um, other than like just a, a long like music video. <laughs> In a way, honestly.
1: I think you just cracked the code though, man. I think that he's gonna get some like super soldier serum. I would not be surprised at all. They have access to it, and we're gonna see Dom like straight up throw cars at people instead of driving them. But seriously, there was a period of time in this movie,
0: and, and honestly, I don't even know where they landed on this, where I thought they were gonna prove that they are invincible. I literally <laughs> did. When they started close. having that conversation, I was like, dude, they might actually they might actually go that route. And you know what? I would not be able to say. A darn thing in the right. kind of
1: opposite direction to that because they. It, it explains a lot, actually, if they are invincible. They laid the foundation now. It's actually going to tie into M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable series <laughs> with Bruce Willis. They're all related, they are family, and that's why, yeah. you know, Bruce Willis is bald, Vin Diesel's bald. They, he's the other brother. This is what it comes down to. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well,
0: that's that's F nine. That's the fast saga. If you guys want to fight us and say that we're 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 fun suckers or we're we're crushing the the fun, I say by all means. We love a lively debate. We always encourage it. Um, but yeah, not our movie. I think you could tell by our scores, not not our fave. But that's okay. Um, like I said, if you want to let us know, there's tons of ways you can reach us. You can join join our Discord server. That would be. My number one recommendation to you. Link is in the description no matter where you're listening to this at. Um, You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Where else are we, Kirk? You can email us. We're on TikTok. We're not on (laughs) Foursquare. That's like the one place. Uh, But yeah, any of those places you can reach us. Um, We'll be coming back to you on Monday with our review and recap and analysis of Loki episode four. Whoo, Kirk, have you watched that one yet?
1: I have. I did. Mama Jahama. The they,
0: they about emptied the clip on that one. There, there's a lot to discuss. So if you're watching that show, come back on, on Monday so you can hear all of our thoughts on that barn burner of an episode. And uh, like I said, next time there's a movie releasing tomorrow called the tomorrow war starring Chris Pratt. We're going to review that film next week. It's streaming on Amazon prime video so you can watch it from your house. And then the week after that, we're going to see black widow. So we'll be reviewing that film but it's finally here. It's finally, man. Finally. Thank goodness. But it's horrible? What?
1: You know what would be horrible? What? If that Delta strain of COVID-19...
0: No, that's <laughs> all fear-mongering, dude. That's all fear-mongering okay. because the vaccines are still working. Get vaccinated okay. because the vaccines yes, are still working against the please Delta. Please do.
1: But what if Don't. the night before they just pulled it? What if they do it, Cam?
0: Well, I mean, it's going to be on Disney Plus too, so it's not that big of a deal. But
1: oh, never mind, I didn't realize that.
0: Premier Access, so
1: yes, I I'm will be seeing the it in
0: theaters and also buying it on theater. Premier Premier Access because I'm a goober and I'm just a shill for for Disney and <laughs> <laughs> just putting it out there. All right, and on that note, we're gonna play you out. Our original music is by the wonderful band Rhetoric. You can find them on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, anywhere you listen to music. And our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs. Thank you guys so much. We will talk to you on Monday. Bye.